everybody, it's Joel Junker. Welcome to another episode of the Cameron Brooks Podcast, Above and Beyond. The Cameron Brooks Podcast is designed to share best practices and career advice from successful alumni that have come through the Karen Brooks Military to Business Transition Program. Uh, the advice is out there to share with our other alumni so that they can be better in managing their careers and then other military officers considering the transition from military to business. Uh, if you're considering a transition to the business world and you're in the military, I highly encourage you to continue to follow this podcast. We publish one every two weeks, but also visit our website, Cameron-Brooks.com, follow us on our blog, access our learning library, and of course, uh, read uh, the book, PCS to Corporate America, the first edition Roger Cameron wrote back in the early 1990s, and now it's in the fourth edition. You can find that on uh, Amazon.com. In this uh, episode, I interviewed Josh Buchanan. Uh, Josh made the transition from the Army as an infantry officer uh, in 2010, to Reynolds. Reynolds, uh, the, the Reynolds Group is a company that makes consumer packaged goods products such as the Hefty brand line. And so Josh started in Jacksonville, Illinois in a manufacturing position and made his transition to a marketing or business development type of position in Charlotte, North Carolina. He's got great advice about uh, managing your career, uh, about staying inside the box before you ever start thinking outside the box and also about being patient uh, with promotion. So enjoy. All right, Josh, welcome to the Cameron Brooks Podcast. Thank you for having me, Joel. All right, so Josh, you, um, uh, what I think it would be good for, for you to talk about to start off with is just tell, us, tell me, tell the audience the role that you're in right now. It's a bit of a unique role that um, even I'm trying to come around to understand a little bit. And so we'll start with that, explaining what you do with Reynolds here in Charlotte, and then we'll go back to your military career uh, up to this point. Sure. Uh, Reynolds Consumer Products is my company, so we manufacture Reynolds wrap items, Reynolds kitchen items, and uh, products under the Hefty brand, waste bags, food storage, tableware, assortment. And I'm in the category management arm, so we're, we're a small team who serves essentially as internal consultants to the organization. So we support our sales team directly, but we also like to be the problem solvers for any issues that arrive, particularly with the retailers. So category managers in Reynolds are retailer facing, and we service uh, specific accounts directly, working with the merchandising managers and the buyers at those accounts. Uh, based out of Charlotte here, I support primarily the non-food channel, which is made up of dollar retailers, uh, home improvement retailers, and then I also support Southeast Grocery uh, for the entire portfolio of Reynolds products. So it sounds like you're a conduit on one hand between the sales organization and the customer, not consumer, but the customer like a Lowe's or the grocery store. You're the conduit to make what's the best uh, win-win situation for the customer and Reynolds in this case. That's right. A lot of our retailers say a rising tide lifts all boats. So when they look at their entire shelving arrangement, they like to see success at that level. Uh, the, this planogram level, this assortment level is giving me this many dollars and it's growing at this level uh, for next year. And that's what, what they like to see and what we like to continue to deliver year after year growth. And so uh, we work directly with the retailers and I, I think that's a good way to sum it up. Communication is very important and there's a lot of skills uh, that I learned in the military that are really paying benefits for me now. 
in this role. In, in, so your actual job title is called category manager? Yes, that's correct. Um, and would you say it's more marketing oriented, sales oriented, or program project management oriented? Or yes, it all depends, three. Yes, all three. I think it probably depends on the day and the, the uh, retailer you're working with and the problem that they need help solving. And we know there's no shortage of problems. You learn that in the military, and that's true in corporate America as well. So uh, you're, you're probably more sales-oriented as a category manager without having to sell product, if that makes sense. Absolutely. We're worried about the health of the retailer's business. And uh, once we build that rapport, that level of reliability on data analysis and suggestions and being the first phone call and the, the key solution provider, uh, then we know Hefty and Reynolds products will benefit as a part of that retailer's business. And you had an interesting path to, the, to, to get to this role. I say interesting on one hand because it's probably not the traditional way to get there. Yet for our listeners, most of them are former military or are the officers in the military. On the other hand, for them, I want them to understand that, yeah, well, it's non-traditional how you got here. It is an example of how much agency, choice you have in your career and how much control you have on building and navigating your career, vice the one that you had in the military where it was very laid out and very limited options. So if you could take us through, um, you know, you made the transition in 2010 and walk me through or walk us listeners through the to the time of where you started here in Charlotte with Reynolds. As you recall, Joel, I started out in manufacturing, so the operations, uh, the typical people plus equipment equals goals, role, and team leadership. And and, that's and that still, was manufacturing yes. hefty products in Jacksonville. Illinois. That's correct. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's a great facility. It's a large facility with um, RD&E units incorporated into it and, and lots of processes, hundreds of employees. Uh, so a great opportunity to learn. And that was very much like my operations background in the military, so very translatable from a leadership perspective. Um, what I'm doing now is a lot different from that, and the non-traditional is the, the right way to sum it up, I believe, because you should see the looks on some people's faces, including retailers, uh, when I tell them that I was previously a unit manager in a manufacturing facility for five years, and now I'm going to help grow the category, the foil category, the waste bags category, uh, in their retail outlets. Um, but I think at the same time, having that diverse background of experiences helps me gain credibility. Uh, it helps me certainly know about the products that are on the shelves and be able to speak about the in-use experience uh, for the, the shoppers that these retailers are selling their items to. And it speaks a lot to our organization in particular and how they believe in leadership principles being transferable across functions, uh, across geographies. And, uh, and I think that as the military officers continue to transition in corporate America, I think that that's a paradigm more and more people uh, are having uh, each year. Whereas a few years ago, and I know you know a lot more about this than I do, you see a lot more and experience a lot more with it than I do, uh, not everyone had the paradigm that a military officer could be successful in whatever functional area he or she enters. In, in that non-traditional route, you were doing well in manufacturing it. You had been promoted twice Yes, at Jacksonville, Illinois. And then you were, last time we met, you were selected to be a part of a, a special projects group for the CEO of Reynolds. Yes. Um, pretty unique. So t tell us about being selected for that because that catalyzed you getting into this role. 
Yes, it did. It certainly opened up the door uh, to a lot of opportunities. Um, that role in particular was for the strategy of the organization. It was called a strategy integrator. Uh, we still very much use them today in Reynolds Consumer Products. I, I'm still a strategy integrator today. It's possibly my favorite thing about my career uh, right now. Our job is to pass feedback about the strategy from the lead team of the organization throughout all the levels of the organization to the hourly employees on the production floors and then take their feedback about what they think about the strategy and how what they do every day influences the strategy, both positive and negatively, and pass that feedback back to the lead team uh, so that the strategy can be revised or uh, solidified uh, and we can move it forward to the next year. So our organization creates something from our mission and value statement that we call the Focus Five, and that's the CEO's top five priorities uh, for the organization. And those are directly based on employee feedback through strategic integrator sessions. And how did you go from being the production uh, or a unit manager in Jacksonville, Illinois, production line, being on this uh, strategy integration team, working with the CEO and a group of other people, to coming to Charlotte to be this category manager? I think it's a, the reputation of dependability that I, I learned and first formed in the military. I tried to bring with me into corporate America. And sure, learn, learning new positions and new roles and in a different organization are always challenging. But once you build that reputation and dependability uh, and have the rapport and the belief of the people that you work with, those opportunities uh, open up for you. And, and did you, like, so you, did this job post up on a board or something? You say, hey, I want to do this. I want to go there. Or did somebody approach you? Oh, it was all about my network. Okay. I, I knew of openings and, and there were official job postings, but uh, I don't know that I've ever moved into a role outside of the military uh, using anything other than leveraging my network. And, and so I still do that internally and uh, externally within the industry whenever possible just to, to benchmark the skills that I need or the performance and the value I'm delivering the organization, or to benchmark even what our competitors are delivering to our retailers. Uh, I, I try to, to keep a wide network inside and outside the organization for career purposes for myself and to, to make sure that I'm delivering value to, our, to Reynolds. What are some of the principles or things you do to build your network? I think, and to yeah, keep it, and to keep it uh, It takes a lot of maintenance yeah. for sure, doesn't it? It, uh, it takes time and energy I think to build it so many so many times you see leaders without energy individuals who, who wander around through their day from the start of their day till the end of the work day and possibly they even wander around at home they're almost purposelessly uh, wandering and and to build a network you have to energetically and intentionally build relationships with people uh, now some of those relationships are will never be anything more than a professional contact or a business card that you keep in your folder on your desk. Other relationships will grow into uh, friendships and someone you can speak very candidly about and you can help each other grow over time. And then um, you, you know when you have a broad enough network which, which touch points to, to lean on uh, at the right time and, and vice versa. Uh, I've been leaned upon and I'd like to think that I, I've helped people within my network in their career, in their personal lives, uh, as much as I have been helped. In, a, in addition to getting into to, to this role, how has your network helped you develop and reach some of your professional goals? It lets me know what I should spend time on, what my priorities should be. Um, 
So there, we all know there are so many certification programs out there. There are so many books to read or TV shows to watch or so many retail outlets to visit or this, this uh, consumer packaged goods supplier is doing it this way and that one's doing it another way. So it gives us insight into what we're doing. It gives me insight into what I'm doing uh, individually as a category manager and uh, as a leader within the organization because I'd still like to move up in my organization uh, and uh, that helps me learn more about the opportunities that, that are in front of me. Let's go back to your time as a manufacturing team leader, unit manager. A lot of misperceptions out there about a lot, just about every career field has misperceptions. Right. Um, when, the, when even you and I were in the military, you know, we're in this bubble, we just don't have a great feel of what all the jobs entail other than maybe what we read in the newspaper or see on TV or some things like that. And manufacturing can be a career field that has some misperceptions. Um, did you have any misperceptions before you went into manufacturing? And if so, what were they? And then how did it change once you were in there for a year or so? I think one of the key misperceptions in manufacturing was that it's uh, it's something that leaders do who can't can't or aren't willing to do something else in the organization, and that is not at all the case. There, uh, American manufacturing, uh, the industry today overall, if we can make these broad generalizations, is a very competitive uh, field because we're competing with low cost providers overseas, uh, and we don't have the same type of employees. Uh, an American isn't willing to work for the, the same wages that someone in another country might. So, so our employees are at a higher cost, so we need to do things more efficiently. We need to use production systems, lean manufacturing, Six Sigma, whatever tools the, the company is applying uh, at that time. We need to use it effectively to deliver low-cost goods uh, that are made in the USA to our customers and the Jacksonville plant is a great example of that with hefty waste bags and hefty food storage bags. Um, a tremendous amount of volume for our company comes out of that facility alone. It's all made in the USA. It's non-union. It, true leaders it can go in, communicate with their people, make lean, efficient processes uh, that deliver low-cost goods uh, to the retailers. And seeing it from the other end of the supply chain, as I do now, I really respect uh, what they do to give us the ability as a sales organization and the category management arm of that organization to go in and chalk up big retailer wins uh, that, that put you know, more revenue into the organization. And what what types of things made the, your time in as a ma unit manager uh, rewarding? Time with people. I've always really enjoyed that. Uh, the military, um, as you know, teaches teaches you all about people all, as a microcosm of our society the, the different um, ethnicities and classes you, you see that the same as a manufacturing environment so the, the team leadership perspective uh, the team leadership skills that you need are very much the same in manufacturing um, sometimes I miss that I think in the category management arm if I had to pick one thing that I miss now in my career it would probably be spending as much time with people working through their problems and the problems we as an organization have on the shop floor, uh, the production issues, meeting the challenges of the day, uh, that I found that to be very rewarding. One of the things that I hear occasionally from people about manufacturing is it's, it's the same thing every day, day in and day out. If I go to, you know, if we take uh, Jacksonville plant, I'm going to go in every day, I'm going to make waste bags, same waste bag, same product every day. 
uh, certainly my, both my grandfathers worked at Anderson Windows and they worked at, on the same punch press for 30 years. Just don't know that that's the same thing that's happening today in manufacturing. What would your explanation be to somebody that would say that to you? I think that if you if that's what that person expects from a manufacturing environment, that's what they're going to get. But if they expect a challenging, dynamic uh, environment and they drive their team in that direction, then they're going to be more successful there than their competitors. Because there are manufacturing companies out there who make things the same way that they did 50 years ago. And they're quickly running out of business. Those are the plants that you see all shuttered up for sale uh, uh, as you drive along the street. The best companies are the ones who can make things more and more efficiently at a lower and lower cost while really taking care of their people uh, with high morale. And uh, Reynolds Wrap is a great example of that. Our Louisville, Kentucky plant, we're running a Made in the USA campaign uh, right now. And um, so the most challenged teams are the ones that, just like anything in life, are the most rewarded and satisfied with their work. And the teams on the floor in the manufacturing environment need to feel that more than anyone else. How did you challenge them? I think we took what we did yesterday and we tried to make it better today. And, and broadly, this is probably the direct point where my military skills uh, came in, came into most benefit uh, for me as far as communication, consideration of ideas, cooperation. We always call that the three C's. But one way to challenge them would to say would be to say, "This is what we did last week. Let's try to do it a little differently this week." And then you prioritize. Uh, your actions based on the priorities of the organization and the overall organization strategy. So we actually used one technique we used was called a 3C walk. So every midweek we'd roll out, if you will, a 3C walk, a form of written communication that was cascaded through the levels of the team from the supervisors to the team leaders to the, the natural team leaders, just from more senior to more junior leaders uh, to the, the actual operators on the floor. And we'd say, let's talk about this one specific subject safety-related, quality-related, whatever it was we're looking to improve as a plant and as an organization. This is where we're at. This is where we need to be, your basic roadmap. Uh, how are we going to get there? Here's a couple ideas. What do you think about it? Do you have any more ideas? They'd pass along their feedback, and it would be pushed back up. Uh, and so we would incorporate that into our planning process. Uh, as that was a major part of our improvement program. What would you say you look back at your time at the, at the plant? Uh, what was your greatest accomplishment there? Probably my selection to the work design team. Uh, it was an introduction of Toyota production system uh, practices. And lean manufacturing had been something that had been done at the Jacksonville plant for years and years. And we were, when we benchmarked ourselves against other plants, we performed very well. So this was the next level um, of the Toyota production system where we really tried to introduce Kaizen or continuous improvement at the operator level, at the shop floor level. So we didn't need engineers or outside leaders or guys like me coming in and trying to make improvements uh, during the day shift for a few hours every day to the work cell and then leaving and coming back uh, either next week or next month when, when someone told us to get back into that area again or whenever we had a problem. So very responsive improvement team fashion. We tried instead to make it part of the daily work, uh, the continuous improvement for the worker. Uh, and of course, we were probably 80% successful. We were never successful at any large project like that in a large uh, plant. Uh, but the, I'd like to think the operators there now are armed with a capability, much more so than they were before, to make improvements to the process uh, directly themselves 
improvements that are sustained outside of whenever they're running the machine, but across anyone who's got to run that machine for any shift moving forward. So when you look back, uh, you've got this uh, six years under your belt now, roughly in the business. How did being a military officer prepare you to be successful in a business career? It, uh, it confirmed that leadership is transferable no matter where you go or what organization you're a part of, as long as you're actively and energetically applying those principles. So, uh, the, some of the principles that, that I learned in the military that benefit me now are, are big words that sometimes are hard to define for people, but proactivity, communication, the consideration of ideas, uh, integrity, reputation for dependability. Like we, we can't let go of those big words from our vocabulary. We hear, or I hear so many people not use those words. So many leaders not talk about honesty and integrity and the need for communication, uh, helping each other, uh, uh, maintaining a positive energy, uh, things that, that you read about in textbooks, but you rarely hear people talk about in dialogues in, in the halls of office buildings or on production floors. So in the military, as you know, Joe, we talk about those words all the time. They're part of our review process. It's what we talk to junior officers and non-commissioned officers and soldiers about uh, it's part of the army values and the values of any branch of service uh, that you exit and i would encourage any military officer transitioning to corporate america to bring those values with them and to talk about them and yeah i mean that's what companies value the, right. the companies that do value the military officer value that as well so bring that with that's you. right that's what and that's what companies need so you had this skill set that you brought with you and the values that you brought with you to, to business that has allowed you to be successful. That's what you had there. How did the Karen Brooks program, development preparation program, even the career conference, the transition, and the continued relationship as an alumnus, how has that helped you make the successful interviewing, transition, and career? First, in other words, how have we helped you? Right. Yeah. First and foremost was the opportunity to attend and participate in the career conference. And the development and preparation program is your opportunity to be really successful in the conference. So I, I took uh, as much advantage as I could of reading uh, Fortune magazine, the Cameron Brooks reading list, just to understand what corporate America is. We use that phrase a lot, corporate America. What exactly does that mean? What's my place in corporate America? And not just... Uh, What's my place, but where do I want to be? What do I want to do? What kind of industry can I deliver value in? What type of role do I want to be in in the organization? Uh, so Cameron Brooks, first and foremost, gave me the opportunity to meet incredible companies and to, to speak with them about their needs, uh, to speak with them about the skills and capabilities I have. I don't know that I would have had uh, such a great career conference experience with any other organization than Cameron Brooks. And I'm very uh, pleased every time, every time I think about it. Uh, that Cameron Brooks was the recruiting firm that, that chose me and that, that I well, chose. we chose each other. That's it's right. Mutual beneficial. That's right. Now, the development preparation program is incredible. I, in fact, I've passed the Cameron Brooks reading list along to, to dozens of leaders in my organization or folks I meet within the industry uh, because the attention that, that you put on developing leaders and translating how our skills are transferable to uh, corporate America, to the business world, uh, is lost. In corporate America, there are leaders out there who seek and find it, and they and they, they read books voraciously. Many of them on the reading list, and some more. Uh, and then there are just others who are content with showing up at work in the morning and leaving in the afternoon. And we see that in the military too. But 
in corporate America, there's a much better uh, chance of being rewarded for your hard work. What's the best advice that you've received in your career? In the military, it was always um, know what right looks like. The, as an as an officer, especially as an infantry officer uh, with, with airborne ranger qualifications, to, to know what right looks like and to be what right looks like to your soldiers. In corporate America, I would translate that into knowing what's inside the box before you think outside the box. And thinking outside the box, uh, when people say that, it always puts a little smile on my face because usually they think improvement is related somehow to their method of thinking or their way of seeing the problem or that they've seen an angle of the problem that no one has examined before. And really these are all problems that are not unique to an organization or a time or a culture. It's mankind's had these problems all along and other people and in other industries and other companies in the same industry have all solved that problem dozens, if not hundreds of times. Uh, we, we need to try to solve it where it doesn't need to be solved again. And we need to try to solve it by understanding what's in the box first. So what are the root causes of the problem? What have been done about the problem before? Um, what didn't work? What kind of worked? And what really worked? Well, and then only then when you know what's inside the box or what right looks like in this instance, can you know what's outside the box? And that takes time and energy and a lot of focus. So in my new role, about 18 months I've been in category management. I've been trying to really learn what's inside the box. What is category management? What is it to my boss, to the senior leaders of our organization? What is it in the industry? What is it in a textbook if I read about it there? What is it to the retailers? What is it to the shoppers in the aisle? And I've been trying to learn about it from each of those angles uh, to learn what right looks like. What should I be doing in my role and what can I do uh, better in my role? And I think a lot of leaders in corporate America do not take that approach with their position. Uh, and their, their sight is a little more limited in near term. And then, only then, when you know what right looks like and what's inside the bus, can you think outside the bus. So what if we did it this way? I what think that's great. It that such way? great advice for, for anybody uh, going new to the military, new to in corporate America. Master what's inside the box. That's right. And master that and get to know it really well. Build that foundation. It greatly increases your success of thinking outside the box. Yeah. If you know where the box is and where the lines are and what's been done before and what hasn't been done before. Yeah, and I think the other piece, too, about your career that's really helpful for people to know is that you made a really successful transition to business. I mean, you spent um, four years with promotions, with Reynolds, um, really building that solid foundation. You had you built that solid foundation. Josh, we talked to our the people making this transition. Take, it takes three to five years to build that solid foundation, that block, right on top of your military building block. But once you have that, you can start making quicker jumps up in your career. That's right. You've got, but you've got the foundation now. And you did that with the Jacksonville plant. Then you jumped in to a role. It's not that you didn't like manufacturing, but this role got you, you got your MBA. It allows you to put that a little bit to work a little bit more. You went to your, you, you got back to your ideal location uh, for you and your family in the, in the North Carolina area. And it's such a great story. Um, to share with military officers, I think, because a lot of them think, okay, I got to get out, I got to move quick, I got to change, when really to be thinking I should get out, master what's in the inside the box, build this foundation. Or some of them might say, well, this is my favorite job, my favorite company, but what about this location? It's so short term to build that. That's right. And then you navigate it back to a great opportunity, still with a great company in your ideal location. That's right. And you always learn a little bit more. When you think you 
learned what's inside the box and you're, you're ready to move on. You're ready to move to a different location or to a different job. I always learn a little bit more after that. And that little bit more is always what seems to matter. Like, like John Wooden said, I, I learned the most important things after I knew it all. <laughs> I, I try to remember that quote with my career too. Yeah. Because everyone has those moments when it's like, I, I know this already. It's time for me to, to move on to something bigger and brighter. And that's just the time where if you keep growing, you'll learn exactly what you need to know. What do you do to keep growing? You have the network. We talked yes. about that. But is there anything that's else that you important. do to keep growing? And I, I try uh, to keep up with professional reading as well. I try to keep that habit from uh, my life before the military and from the Cameron Brooks Development Preparation Programs, knowing the right books to read. Um in a relationship with the strategy integrator role, I've been reading uh, Playing to Win, How Strategy Really Works by Lafley and Martin, some okay. of Procter & Gamble yeah. executives uh, recently. I like uh, John Eldridge books a lot, uh, so they're more from a spiritual side. But, mm -hmm. but as, as a, a leader, um, I recognize that my need to stay whole, too, and my need to stay fit uh, in all the different aspects of life. Uh, Steve Wall wrote the book On the Fly, which describes the strategy integrator process very well and that's what our ceo uses it's called on the fly yes on the fly and it's by, by who wall. Steve, steve wall steve wall on the fly yes and it talks about strategy integration into yes, an organization so if i my goal is to to run a company one day um whenever i'm afforded that opportunity and i can grow into that position uh so i try to to think along those lines i try to think, think about corporate strategy um to help myself expand my horizons, to help grow as a leader, but at the same time realize that every day I'm a category manager for most consumer right. products and I really want to deliver value in that role and build that reputation and dependability, the solid foundation you were talking about.